Hello and welcome to the Comedian's Paradise. This is the podcast where we speak to scintillating, adventurous and absolutely mesmerizing individuals that are going to make your mouth go, wow, Uh, if you like this podcast, give it a review on iTunes or Amazon, share it with your friends and most importantly, subscribe on this fantastic journey as I help comedians like you and me with this comedy journey on our own terms. Now, today's guest is Wowza. She is someone with tons of interesting stories, and I think you're going to find her absolutely intriguing and fascinating. She is a comedian. She is a massage therapist. She is an energy healer, Reiki master, and she also had some very interesting journeys into the sex industry, porn, and we're going to find out this tantalizing link of how that led into comedy and what what this all this all this amalgamation of different fields leads to the future please welcome the fascinating the transcendent mira cade hello how you doing not too bad how are you keeping in this lovely warm weather mira yeah i'm doing all right yes as i was i'm packing up my house at the moment so i'm very much um indoors packing so uh, not outside much at the moment but uh, at least the sun occasionally shines through the windows it's all right (laughs) and and where so are you moving from an exotic place so you're moving from lewisham to Tottenham, (laughs) or what's what's happening Uh, well that's actually a very close estimate actually i am moving from east dulwich to walthamstow so yeah south to north um yeah 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 so uh it should be exciting big big change Oh, fantastic. And what are you looking forward to? Well, I am moving in. So I'm a single mum. Uh, I have a little boy who's three years old and uh, I am moving in with another single mum with a little boy who's three years old. So the idea is that we can support and help each other with the childcare, that it's going to be easier for me to go out and gig at night because, um, yep, trying to be a comedian and a single mum has um, had its uh, challenges Um, you know it's quite hard to find a babysitter every time you want to go out and certainly to pay for a babysitter every time you want to go out in the evening is uh, to do um, you know a lot of unpaid gigs and stuff so um, yeah hopefully it's just going to be a really nice kind of mutual support she'll be able to go out and do some stuff at night I'll be able to go out and gig and um, our children will enjoy and have a little buddy to play with as well so yeah high hopes okay so one question mira Mm. have they been your bringer at bringer comedy gigs Um, i was i was actually gonna i was really seriously considering taking him the other week like my my (laughs) babysitter cancelled in the morning and i've got a list of you know sort of friends and babysitters that i that i go through and not one of them could do it and i was just i was like oh my god I really want to do this gig. I've got my funny woman heat coming up and I want to like, want to practice, but yeah. It, and I was thinking, and then a lot of the other comedians were like, oh, I'll look after him when you're on stage. But he had a little bit of a cold in the morning and I thought, I just, I can't take him. It's not fair. So um, as yet he hasn't, but uh, you never know. It could happen. It could happen. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be quite an interesting experience because I remember having a, like a, a young kid at one one of the shows and I don't know it felt a bit off when some of them would, would couldn't do anything apart from crude sex jokes 
and very dark material. And they even had that in uh, France as well. Like two of them, they were talking about getting something up their bum. And the, the kid was about four or five years old. And I was just like, bloody hell, man. Yes, I was I was definitely was thinking my son would be wearing headphones or not in the room while I do my set yeah. because my set is quite an adult yeah. material set as well. Yes, yeah, it's interesting, so. isn't it? What you expose your children to. I've had to stop practicing actually in front of him because, um, yes, the other day I did catch him saying a slightly rude word that he'd obviously overheard from my comedy set because I, you know, I listen back to it so I can learn it. And I thought, right, I've got away with it up until now because he hasn't really been tuning in, but uh, more recently he has been. So, um, yes, no more, no more practicing in front of him. But maybe in the future, when he's when he's old, a bit older, you could you could get him to do his first comedy gig at the Mother's Ball. Yeah, mother's exactly. Ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, once he's old enough, I think it's fine. But I think there's that middle age, you know, where it's like a bit too young to fully understand. Um, so it, yeah, so it's kind of I think we just bring up maybe more questions than he can fully understand the answers of at the moment. So mm. yeah, for the next couple of years. Now, you know, I mentioned a lot of interesting things, and I, and one one thing that I'm really interesting about is that, like, how did you fall into comedy? Because like, I, you, Recky Master, you have in this experience in the sex industry and being an escort. Like, how did all of those make <laughs> you decide to be a comedian? Um, gosh, uh, yeah. Is there a short answer? I don't know. Um. So I guess I've always, I've always been drawn to, to put myself in, you know, sort of sit, I've always been drawn to stand, I've always had an idea about doing stand up comedy. Um, you know, I like, especially, you know, I mean, I suppose I started thinking about it about 10 years ago and back then much more so than now, you know, it was a very male dominated industry, you know, it still kind of is to a yeah. certain extent. And, um, I've always been drawn to kind of, um, yeah, I suppose to to push myself into into worlds that are male dominated and kind of be like, you know, um, I suppose a challenge or show that, you know, women can do it and that there's women, female voices within that industry. So that's one factor um, about doing it and what is kind of what drives me to, make, to start my own comedy night as well. And also talk about the things that I do talk about in comedy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like sharing, you know, I love telling stories. And so that's something that I've always naturally done, like with all the experiences that I've had, um, in the sex industry or anything really i've always been someone that like shares them with other people you know i'm not a very sort of private person when it comes to divulging um the experiences that i've had in my life so i suppose um yeah just getting up on stage and telling the stories that actually i've probably been telling for quite a while anyway is um is just as kind of another step um but uh yeah, I suppose it's something that I've thought about for a long time. I've done a lot of performance stuff in the past. I studied art at university and did some kind of performance art there. When I was living in Berlin, I did some performance stuff. And then I, I, I put on like performance events and would kind of more to more in the kind of queer performance cabaret stuff. And I would come and I compared a few of them and, and uh, 
and I loved it. And I, and I kind of made these little jokes and I, and I, and people came up to me after I was like, Oh, you were amazing. You're amazing. I loved your, you know, I loved your kind of, um, your bits that you did. Um, and then I did this big show with my sister that was more live art performance. That was very much about our lives. And, uh, that went really well. We toured, we, yeah, we got like this a nomination and, um, award nomination and did all the fringes. Um, but then, yeah, then my life took a very different turn. Um, and so I kind of had a big, big break from all the performances, which is when I got into all the spiritual stuff. And then I had a baby. And um, so it's only just been that I've kind of had time to then go, oh, yes, that idea to do comedy. Maybe it's now the right time, you know. So from all the things you said there, from what yeah. I've gathered is, so you said you like to be in things that are male dominated so that does that mean that there's there's some you growing up that always felt like you like being you like the side of you that like is strong for equality and there's a part of you that doesn't like being told to feel inferior or lower than anyone and that's yeah, why you're going sure. to challenge them yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember being a teenager, you know, and being at school and like <laughs> feeling, feeling really horny, you know, and um, kind of uh, and, and 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 having this sexual energy, but it feeling like quite as a as a woman having it that either you kind of, if you explore it a lot, you know, you kind of get slut shamed or you know, like um, like where was a where was where was there a space for this energy? And I suppose, yeah, I always felt like. Or why why is it okay for men to do something and women not, you know? And I I never really felt like I fitted in with like the heteronormative ideas of what it means to be a woman or the kind of stereotypical ideas of what it means to be a woman. Um, you know, it's particularly, I suppose, with kind of sexual agency, sexuality, um, but on all levels, you know, about like I think uh you know, there was a feeling I had sometimes that I was too much or something, you know, that women should be small and quiet. And, you know, and even though this this is only, well, I don't know, sort of 20, 50, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I think things have changed a lot. But, uh, you know, even even back then, I think that there was still, yeah, quite still a lot of disparity between between how the sexes could behave in teenagers within their sex lives and stuff. So, yeah, I was always wanted to, yeah, go on. I just want to stop you there because yeah. I could. There's a thing that's really interesting here is that that I really want to find out about. As I'm really fascinated by what 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 did you see in particular that made you that really sort of draw feeling towards you that you you saw. Was there mm -hmm. one instance where you were like, I'm not standing for this in terms mm -hmm. of like being all the stereotypes and all that, and you wanted mm -hmm. to go against it? That's an interesting question, isn't it? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think, I don't know if there was like one particular like instance or whether it was kind of like, a build up, you know, of feeling like I suppose at school, feeling like I didn't really fit in, you know, like, like, ah. you know, like, like, mm, on the one hand, I wanted to be accepted for who I was, but I also didn't want to just be like, you know, be fit the mold. So I suppose there was a kind of, 
perhaps a reaction to that to saying well if i don't fit in if you know if there's not a place for me like where is there a space for me like what what can i do to give agency to myself you know like how can i find my identity or where is where am i accepted where is where 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 is this accepted or how can i be myself somewhere and be accepted perhaps um i think yeah i mean obviously yeah like i think uh yeah there were times at school where yeah of just feeling like too much or or feeling like yeah that there was a lot of energy that <laughs> you know wasn't there wasn't a place for it or something you know so yeah what it sounds like there sounds like okay so people yeah there was a bit of you wanted to fit in at first but you realized you were different and then you grew to the point where you're like you know what sodden i'm happy being me is that is that yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a journey, you know, and an ongoing journey of um, finding uh, acceptance of yourself as who you are. You know, I think that's uh, probably a journey for all of us that we that we go on. And I think that my my path um, is yeah is ongoing in that theme of of loving and accepting myself as who I am. But certainly, I think there was a reaction, you know, quite a strong reaction, kind of at the end of my sort of teen, late teens, early twenties, that was like, you know what, like, yeah, now I'm now I'm sort of free. I'm I'm away from the town I grew up in. I'm I'm out in the world. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I want to do. I'm not gonna let any label of being a woman or being um yeah or be yeah particularly I suppose of being a woman is gonna uh, hinder me from the decisions that I'm making. I think that was clear. You know, it was like uh, um and and just yeah and 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 very and very curious to to go out and experience um to experience life and put myself in 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 these worlds uh you know the sex industry or in particular during my 20s um you know to find out what they were like because so much of what was discussed or sort of academically written or or whatever in the, in the public sphere uh, often seem to not come from people working in these industries, but come from people talking about the industries, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think there was like this thing of going, yeah, okay, well, what's it like? And, 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 and you know, and are these women victims or are they empowered or, and, you know, and, and that, that, that's one of the reasons why I thought I'd invite you in. Cause I, I feel that there is, I spoke to Matt Price who's a comedian on the podcast and he speaks to a lot of criminals mm. and he has them on a podcast and you know a lot of us demonize criminals and we don't look beyond a certain point because they are people as well they have mm. their own circumstances mm. and there's things that happen that made them the way they are mm. and we, we it's quick for us to demonize people without seeing that they are people too they've got their own ideas and we should mm. maybe try and understand them mm. rather than judge them and I think definitely in the sex industry, you being an escort and being in porn, there's a very limited view on it. And people just just paint you all under a certain brush and there's no understanding of it, I think, mm. as you said there. 
Yes, exactly. Um, you know, I mean, in, 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 in certain countries, even, I mean, laws are changing, but, you know, even in the UK, like um, prostitution is, is, is still kind of illegal, you know, it's still illegal to, it's been, it's been, I don't know what the current laws are exactly, but it's, it's changed, but, you know, so even that makes you a criminal in some, in some ways, you know, like it's a, it's certainly something which is, um, yeah, still very, a very taboo subject, you know, a very stigmatized work and, um, you know, and, and still has, uh, effects on, on my life. Um, you know, for example, I trained to be a celebrant, uh, in the, in the, one of the lockdowns, which is, you know, someone that does non-religious um, ceremonies uh, with funerals and weddings. And I went round to all my local funeral directors and handed in all my staff and they're like, yeah, we'll get in touch. And then at the same time, uh, my sort of comedy career was coming up. And so there was a bit about me online, of course, referencing my past in the sex industry. And uh, I never got any calls from any of the funeral directors. And then, um, I sent off an email like oh, I've just made my website, blah, blah, blah. And one of them, someone I'd gotten very well with, had said, can I call you? I said, yeah. She said, and she, you know, she answered the phone and said, I think you're great, but, and I was like, all right. She's like, but funeral directors are very nosy and we Googled your name. And of course what came up was I've used the same, you know, maybe naively, I used the same name for my comedy as I did for my celebrant, as I was planning to do for my celebrant work. And she said, you know, um, unfortunately, uh, you know, funeral directors are quite conservative, you know, and apparently um, because I used to be a sex worker, therefore, you know, somehow I'm not deemed suitable <laughs> to uh, lead funerals, you know, which uh, I'm sure there's a joke in there about handling stiff somewhere, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I haven't quite written that one yet, but, uh, you know, sort of. So it's so it's crazy how um you know how how even in 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 I just I was naive perhaps and didn't realise that you know so um yeah I've had to do a bit of a rethink about that one really and and again it you know it's uh it's it's difficult because I don't feel ashamed of who I am I don't I don't want to hide who I am but there is there there is still so much stigma around this work um you know, which is actually the old, you know, one of the oldest professions in the world, you know, and, and will be, it's not gonna, however much, um, however much it's uh, criminalized or, or, or stigmatized, it's always gonna exist, you know? Um, so yeah, it's uh, been an interesting experience to still find that, um, um, uh, yeah, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um uh oh can't think of the word sorry <laughs> but yes one thing that i want to ask about that is would you be able to um to to look at tell us a bit about your experience within the sex industry because you've worked in porn mm -hmm. um like a stripper mm -hmm. an escort could you tell us about how they are different mm. and then tell us how they led in no it, it just just discuss those <laughs> tell me a bit about it so yeah i started off um stripping i was uh was working in ibiza i was doing like a season in ibiza and i started off as doing podium dancing i love to dance i like it's natural very naturally me i like to be on stage i like that kind of energy um and i was working with these other women and they said oh when the strip club opens we're going to go work there it's loads more money 
why don't you come along and try it? And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'll give it a go. Why not? You know, I'm very like that. Why, why not? Let's try. So I um, started working there and uh, I actually had this sort of like half shave Mohican at the time and quickly found out that that wasn't, um, that wasn't the look of the strip club. So I bought this like, <laughs> we called it the Beyonce wig you know from Ibiza town there's got a 60 euros this big wig and so I started wearing that and you have your name you know you choose a different name and um and yeah I I I found it very interesting I liked very much the performance I liked the learning how to pole dance and um I enjoyed you know being on stage um and and I enjoyed this kind of like you know this kind of sexual power i suppose that you kind of had when you were on stage and everyone's looking at you or when you're giving a one-on-one -on -one lap dance you know and they're just sitting there they can't touch you and you're dancing for them and you know enjoying your body and uh i didn't so much enjoy the talking side of being a stripper like strippers essentially are the best sellers in the world you know and that actually oh isn't me to be honest with you i'm i'm i think <laughs> i'm a bit too soft actually to be a, a super stripper um because you know the way you make money is by upsell 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 the drinks upsell the dances and you're all the time actually the whole thing is the tease is the never quite giving what they want and getting people to spend more and more money of course you can have some nice conversations and some nice uh, you know, you can have some nice connections, but ultimately it's quite a ruthless job, actually. Some of the best strippers I know could, you know, what's the, you know, what's the phrase, could sell ice to an Eskimo. I mean, they are amazing um, for, for that, you know, for that, uh, that, that skill. I found more that what I liked, what I took from it, was that I liked performing. So I liked the sexualized performance of it. Um, it did feel quite quite empowering. I didn't feel so empowered by kind of the selling of myself, you know, like the the uh, trying to get people to have private dances and that kind of thing. So although I did do a brief stint at Stringfellows when I got back, I wasn't. I was like, mm, no, it's not really, it's not really my thing. And then I started, so I started, I studied art at university at Goldsmiths and I started to get a lot more involved with like feminist ideology. I, I went to like I think some masters lectures and stuff. And I, I suppose I started to feel like there wasn't at that time, like a kind of a voice, that sort of public voice that I could sort of align myself with, you know, like uh, on the one hand, I'd done the stripping. I enjoyed it. I could enjoy to watch some porn. I liked that. I liked this kind of um, empowerment of a sexual um, performance. And I very much enjoyed sex. And I, people will always say, oh, you can fuck like a man, which I, I sort of said, why? Why is it fucking like a man? Just because mm -hmm. I can enjoy my body without having necessarily needing you know, to, to a commitment, it does, why is that like a man? Maybe it, it can just be, there's other women like that, maybe. So anyway, I decided to investigate the porn industry. I wanted to understand what it was like. I wanted to, you know, understand who these people, in particular the women were who were working in it. So I kind of like put my sort of, you know, put my body <laughs> in, put myself into, um, into the industry um and you know and 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 i think i 
I, you know, that I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the exploration of it. I met some very interesting people, some very lovely people, you know. Um, it's funny, like, the, the people that work in porn, it, it, I, you know, on the whole, you come across a few slightly, you know, questionable characters, but on the whole, I, they felt, everyone just felt very friendly, very open, very normal, you know, in a way. It was very, like yeah this is just it's just me i just it's just what i do you know and all people doing it and having another job and you know it wasn't it was quite you know the actual the actual doing of porn is is very jobby you know it's um it makes sex and and everything around it very a very business-like you know you turn up to a shoot you have to show your certificate that you haven't got any STIs. You have to get tested every four weeks. So you kind of, you know, you meet the person you're going to be in the shoot with. Hello, hello. Here's my certificate. Here's my certificate. Right. What we're we doing today? We're doing this called this. Okay. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to do these positions. This is the kind of the, you know, it's very like, it's very like that. It's, um, you've got the cameras around your, you know, as I say, my, my comedy bit you know it's uh it's like it's a bit like doing a choreographed dance routine but with your genitals you know it's uh it's not just lie back and go with the flow enjoy yourself it's like no right this position this position you know you have to like do photos pretending to have sex sometimes you have to do it all over again and you're just literally you're just dry humping if it's super soft porn so it's you know it's it's it, it's a it's an act it's a show um Sometimes, sometimes it's a bit more naturalistic. You know, I think nowadays the, the professional porn industry is in some ways, I think not so much with queer and experimental stuff, but I think mainstream stuff, people are just looking at more amateur stuff these days. So we, sometimes we get told to make it look amateur, you know? So oh. um, there used to be loads of money in the porn industry. And I think it's, 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 it's gradually, you know, tailing off because anyone can upload their movie to, yeah that, that's you know? yeah so um yeah so that was the, the, yeah so i think i was mentally getting off on the fact of what i was doing that you know it was very out there it was very subversive and i was like this character and you know i think rather than getting off on the actual physicality of the sex which was sometimes okay and it, whatever it, it was what it was <laughs> You know, it was more about actually I'm kind of I'm kind of getting off on the fact that I'm doing it and I'm finding it very interesting. And it's, a, you know, and it's a rebellious act and to be like, oh, you say a woman can't enjoy a gangbang. I'm going to go and enjoy a gangbang, you know, like, <laughs> you know, this kind of thing, you know, like a kind of wanting to just stick two fingers up to anyone that says women can't enjoy sex like a man. You know, I mean, I know Well, I, I still think it's crazy why people wonder why the woman is, isn't enjoying a gangbang. I'm like, why, why, why do people, why would the men all want to stand there and share one woman? That to me is far more bizarre than to think that one woman might want to share, might want to have many men because, oh. you know, like, like if you like willies and men and, and having sex and, you know, often men come a lot quicker than women as well. So, you know, it, to me, it kind of, it, it's funny how they, how it's always switches. Oh, the poor woman getting fucked by all those men. I'm like, yeah, but why are all these men <laughs> one woman? Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, come on, me and my five girls. Let's just get one man back for the evening and share him. You know, <laughs> so there's so many funny, like um, bizarre kind of ways of thinking that I suppose I really wanted to, 
to kind of disprove or mm. turn on their head or something, you know, but uh, yeah, so it was a, it was an interesting journey. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I look back on it now and I think, oh, you know, certainly I wasn't going to it again, but for the time that I did it, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how long would it take to film? And how should I say it? Like, like a whole video? How long would it take um, for a whole movie to be? Yeah, so I mean, it just depends, you know, like two, three hours, you know, from oh. probably from start to finish, like setting up and doing it. And then, yeah, I mean, yeah, most times shoot times, you get, you know, you kind of you get there, you might do your makeup, get your clothes, you know, get get your sort of stuff set up you got to do all the photos then you've got to shoot it and then you might have to yeah then do then do like another some more stuff for the super soft depending on what levels like hard soft super soft it depends what you're usually they have a hard camera or a soft camera um so sometimes you might have to do a few bits again um it just yeah it depends what sort of shoot but um yeah, I mean, sometimes or sometimes, you know, they'll get you there for a day and you'll do like three different videos in one day and you'll do like a whole day, like sort of six, eight hours or something. And you'll do a few different ones in a in a in a day shoot. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's quite hard work. It's quite it's quite, yeah. you know, you have to and you have to look after yourself. You know, you have to really upkeep yourself, upkeep your body, keep yourself healthy, look after yourself, you know, um, actually, if you're going to do it properly and um, get jobs you know um you need to you need to be looking after yourself um hmm. one question i'd like to ask because i had an actor on the podcast and he said sometimes when they're doing film scenes hmm. or if they're in a movie when they get rid of the actor for being rude or disrespectful to everyone around them they hmm. say oh your, your cab's home your cab's coming <laughs> and then they send you off they don't say you're fired but they say that have you yeah. have you seen anything like that happen um well i mean certainly i think there's there's i mean gosh there's definite i mean i wasn't even aware of like these forums and chat groups and stuff of gossiping in the porn industry i mean gosh i think i wasn't involved in any of it i was a bit naive i think to it going on but you know i had i had people i'd go on a shoot and they would know me and I wouldn't even know them, but because, especially when you're new on the scene, you know, everyone wants to know who's the new girl. So we'll, you know, I guess producers and even fans, like super fans of porn, will will be discussing you in in chat in in chat rooms. And I don't know what, it's, it, what it would be nowadays. You know, this is back in sort of 12, 12 13 years ago. So uh, you know, I, I didn't even realise I had someone with my porn name and fan that was in a chat room. I was like, well, okay, this is interesting. But, you know, so people, yeah. And I think that obviously if you get a reputation for being, you know, a bit of a, you know, a bit whatever, whether whoever it is, that'll quickly go round and you, would, you wouldn't get any work or you'd get less work or whatever. So mm. I think that's, you just kind of, the work would quickly dry up, I think, if you, um, if you get a reputation for being, yeah, for being a bit, I don't know of a diva or something yeah i mean unless you're unless you're fucking like you know unless you're literally like in demand and then maybe you can get a bit away with it a bit away with it as well you know if you start yeah. to get a very a big following or something you know and one of the 
Uh, one thing that I'd love to see at a gig is if someone who's was was a fan of the video you did and you did stand up in front of them and they say, "Oh, I remember you from somewhere." <laughs> I know that would be funny, wouldn't it? But I would, I would, I mean, it would be <laughs> quite unlikely, being as it was such a long time ago. Having said that, I mean, about five or six years after I did it, someone contacted me from my university, said, oh, have you seen the latest Vice, you know, Vice magazine or something? They've done an article on chav porn. And I did do a chav porn video. And uh, my face, they just used my face as one of the, um, as part of it, because I did, I was, I did this chav porn video, you know, <laughs> six years later. So I'm hoping now, 12 years later, it's, uh, it's almost vintage, isn't it now? I think probably. So, <laughs> I do sometimes ask the audience, you know, anyone, anyone remember me? You know, and uh, but I did get a heckle recently saying that I was a bit before their time. So I was like, well, well your dad enjoyed it. But uh, you know, <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, I think, I, I mean, who knows? Who knows? But uh, I probably look a bit different as well. So, um... <laughs> yeah. And how did it lead into the escort world yeah so um so i basically i i sort of i'd finish university my plan was to do a few more kind of porn gigs and then i was going to go off and travel um i wanted to go to south america but i had a um I had a freak accident <laughs> with some boiling hot water and oil spilt down me and I had third degree burns. So I ended up actually at home at my mum's being looked after and a lot of stuff happened with the family finding out about the porn. And it was it was quite a challenging time. Um, my brother was very upset about about it, it kind of came out and uh, he, he was yeah very found it very difficult to handle. Um, so I anyway, so I was sort of recovering from that. And I ended up once I was better because I got told that I couldn't really go in the sun for a couple of years because the skin had all gone and had, like on my belly and needed time to to recover before I could go in the sun basically. I thought, well, I better not go to South America. And I'd always loved Berlin. So I decided to move to Berlin instead. And uh, I knew I wanted to be a tour guide, like they do these like walking tours. And I knew I wanted to do that because I love history and I loved Berlin and, 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 I, and I thought, yeah, I want to do that. But then while I was trained, you have to learn like 800 years of Berlin's history, basically. So you have to do a lot of studying for it. And I was getting a bit low on money and I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll just give escorting a go because I've done porn. So, you know, can't be, it's surely it's got to be easier than that in a way, you know. Um, so yeah, I just looked at some agencies online sent off some photos to them. And um, yeah, I did, I remember I did, you know, I did a, did my first call with a client and had a nice chat with him. And, you know, we, I don't even think we had full sex, I think just some oral sex and came home with some money and felt very okay and good about it. And that actually it felt very easy in comparison to these bloody long day porn shoots that I'd done, you know, I didn't have to worry about any cameras. It could be very natural and, and very nice, you know? And I, I think there was always a thing inside me of like, you know, it doesn't, it never felt like it took anything away from me. And actually as an escort, I felt like on a whole, I was just bringing some happiness to some people's lives, you know, and um, and obviously providing them with, with something that they felt they needed. Um, 
so yeah so i did i did the tour guiding and i did you know many other things whilst living in berlin i worked in kindergartens i worked in you know and did my art stuff but sort of on and off over the six years i also i also worked as an escort so um and i would say out of the three of them felt yeah it sort of naturally genuinely enjoyed that one the most you know i would go to all different areas of Berlin and I would meet these people that, you know, I'd never kind of meet in my day to day life, find out about their lives often, you know, often with escorting, it's, it's quite often a lot of talking and listening and sharing. Um, and, you know, and then often there'd be like, you know, parties and penthouses and going to nice hotels. And, you know, that was part of the fun of it. And, you know, and having another identity as well was something that I always found quite, um, exciting I suppose to kind of in my personal life some people would know me as this and then oh I change my hair a bit I put some other clothes on and you know then all of a sudden you're you're another person with another mm. name and uh and having this very and, and nobody and, and it's kind of yeah nobody knows I would talk about it but the experiences themselves and the kind of person that I would be is was very separate you know um it was all you know it was almost like this little yeah pro even even though i always talked about it the experience itself is 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 a very unique thing you know so um yeah um it was yeah it was certainly an, an interesting an interesting journey um i mean like if i look back now I can certainly say that I, there was probably a sex addiction. I probably was kind of addicted to it, you know, and um, certainly there were drugs um, that went along with my life at that time within the work and outside of the work. I think I was just very um, hedonistic and very passionate and very wanting to experience the fullness of life and being very total about that. So putting myself into these circumstances and, and living it and experiencing it. And I suppose, you know, inside kind of um, evaluating it. Um, but on the whole, yeah, just kind of going full, <laughs> full pace, I suppose, in into all these experiences. Um, yeah. So I've got two questions to ask. Yeah. Speaking Sie Deutsch. Yeah, ambition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you fluent in it or have you forgotten some of it? I'm sure I've forgotten some now, but I went to German school. I went to like German language school and I studied up to C1, Profond. And uh, yeah, I actually, just before I left, I was starting a, um, what kind of, a Bewerbsbegleitende Ausbildung to work with children. And that's what people used to find it crazy, you know, daytime, I'm in the kindergarten, nighttime, I'm, you know, um, I'd be, I'd be a, an escort, but um, oh. um, for me, they, it was, you know, there was like, why, why can't we be all these things, you know, many, the many archetypes of the women, mother, you know, prostitute, all these things, we can, <laughs> we can be many, we can be everything at once, you know, I don't, I think that's what's also always been a thing that I've found, um, you know, I hated the inhibition of having to define myself in any one way. Why can't we be all these things? So, yeah. So I, so I was doing that before I left. But um, yeah, life, life had other plans, and I, and I, and I left. So. Um, okay. Yeah. So you lived the life of Batman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, exactly. A bit like that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> now, now. 
what? Uh, got one question to ask in that as well. What was the weirdest request you ever had? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there were. I mean, you know, obviously there were some requests that like I wasn't into, so I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't do. You know, I'm not into anything that involves too much pain or um you know sometimes men want you to i don't know stamp on their penises or you know kind of um uh, do a lot of dom stuff at that time i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't at all interested in in doing dominatrix stuff it wasn't my thing but i still would get i would get um i would get you know um requests but i wouldn't do it but i mean um yeah i i suppose I'm trying to think now. I mean, one one guy I know who'd like to who like to see me always wanted me to have had sex with somebody else before I'd come and not washed. <laughs> but, you know, and but sometimes I was like, "Fuck, I've got to have sex with someone else before I go." You know, trying to like find one of my friends or you know somebody to like do that with. You know, and uh, I remember once. I didn't do it, but I, but I just told him I did, even though, you know, I just was like, didn't have time basically to, you know, I was busy and uh, just said, oh yeah, I think it was the idea of it, whether then he actually could tell. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and another guy had a, a tights fetish, you know, like tights, not stockings, but like clear. Yeah. He likes kind of different tights. And so he'd want me to wear tights. Um, every time we saw each other tights and big boots he liked um so yeah i'm trying to think i mean i mean a lot of people are you know are very it's 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 quite you have very many 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 different people but you know um yeah i didn't do too much <laughs> of, the, of the kind of more dom dom stuff or anything like that at that time so so um yeah anything yeah i mean like i think you know people getting asked to wee on people and stuff like that was quite common which sometimes i did um <laughs> why not you know get paid to do yeah. it uh, yeah yeah well just make sure you're not taking the piss oh there you go yeah. <laughs> no it, oh, that's that's so one thing that intrigues with each of those industries mm -hmm when you tell people that you did them mm. what is the one thing that you wish people wouldn't ask you ask you like one question that people wouldn't ask um, oh, that, one question that i wish people didn't ask or me. what's the common what's the most annoying misconception that you get of each of those three um i mean i suppose it's difficult isn't it because um obviously my experience is my own unique experience and um i, I suppose I, what i find annoying sometimes is or what has been annoying in my life shall we say is that is that it can be very intimidating you know that like i've had partners or people that i've met that i tell you know if i do tell them that then all of a sudden especially I suppose male partners um, have been intimidated by it and have kind of assumed that I must be, I don't know, that like, because I've done that, then they're not gonna be able to live up to my expectations or something like that. Um, 
And actually, I just think, well, that's kind of, it's kind of the opposite because I'm so open and so unjudgmental and, um, and mm. actually I'm the least judgmental person. Because I think also, I, I think it's been this thing of like, you know, feeling one, feeling one way and actually feeling like very quite gentle in, in some ways and quite, um, and very unjudgmental and open and giving because that's essentially what you're doing as a sex worker. You're being so generous with yourself and unjudgmental and open and loving and understanding. And yet when you tell people, <laughs> this is what you're doing, um, it can it can be quite like it, it, it seems that there comes across as intimidating, especially I think for men, it seemed you know that all of a sudden oh you're some sexual expert and I couldn't possibly live up to your expectations or or something like that. And I would say you know it's quite the opposite um, in terms of how I would be with somebody. So that can be quite annoying. Um, about you know obviously people go oh are you you know sometimes people go oh are you are you okay and then you're like yeah I'm I'm you know obviously because that's a that's a um you know a stigma around it that people within the sex industry are all victims and of course there are there are victims there are people who are being trafficked there are people who are getting forced into the industry um, and that is awful and it and it and I've and it's always been a hard a hard sort of cross to bear to feel that if I am any in any way by even being in that industry, perpetuating that, you know, perpetuating that happening, um, which is why I've always tried to be honest and open about it and say, no, well, it's not all like that. You know, there's some people like me who choose to work in the industry and it's a job and that is the way it should be. If we're just blanket coating everyone by saying that everyone's a victim, well then, then you know, then then I think it somehow it makes it easier for for people to be victims within it or be or or, or, or be um, exploited within it. Because if it was regulated and accepted, there could be better conditions, and it would be far harder for these people who are exploiting men, women, children all around the world to get away with it because it's still marginalised and stigmatised. So. Um, yeah, obviously my experience is only my own. And uh, and yet, of course, there are many people who choose to work in the sex industry for whatever reason that is practical because they like sex or, or whatever, who aren't, who aren't being exploited and being victimized by it. So I think it is important to say that, but um, yeah, I think when people, you know, or people automatically think, oh, you must have issues to do it, you know, it's a bit like, Again, it's a, it's a misconception, perhaps. I mean, God, there's there's no one alive that doesn't have some, <laughs> you know, it's part of our life's journey to have challenges and things that we have to overcome and understand about ourselves, you know. So, um, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't mean that everyone who works in the sex industry is somehow broken or, you know, uh, victims of abuse or any of that. Of course, that exists like it does in any in any industry in any part of the world. So. Yeah. Mm. And what what's been what's been the what's been the situation you've had from someone when they found out about it and where you've been like, what the fuck? Like what what's what's been like how where did she get um, what? Well 
One one time I met this guy in Berlin, you know, and we were, like, went on this very long day and we were getting on so well. And, uh, you know, I told him about everything and he was like, thought it was really quite cool. And, you know, and then we went back to his and um, he was like, show me one of your porn films. I was like, no, no, it's not, you know, it's not the vibe. Come on, it's not the vibe. Like, you know, I suppose we were sort of thinking that we were going to sleep with each other. And, uh, you know, and, and I was like, no, you won't like it. It's like, oh, I'll show you one of mine. Like, go home. And I was like, <laughs> don't really, don't really that interested in seeing it, to be honest. Um, and then he, he made, you know, he, he pushed me to show him. He pushed me to show him. So I was like, fine, fine. I showed him one. So this, you know, and then of course, and then he was like, oh, oh, you know, and didn't want to sleep with me anymore. And I was like, well, mm -hmm what, like you wanted to see this video, now you've seen it and now you won't sleep with me. Well, that's like, you know, so I found that a bit bizarre, you know, that he sort of pushed me and pushed me and pushed me and then he'd seen it and obviously it didn't make, and as I said, it wasn't gonna make him, you know, I didn't think it was a good idea, but I was like, okay, if this is what you want, you know, because again, I think, because it's not, it's not me, you know, it, it wasn't me, it's not, it, obviously it's me, but it's not, it's not the me that he was getting to know, you know, the, 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 like the, who I was at that time, it was, it's, it's, you know, it's like someone, you know, it's like, I guess an act, you know, someone who's going out with an actor, looking at the actor in that film and expecting that to be the person, you know, like, or if you meet an actor that you've seen in a film and you expect them to be like the person in the film or something like that, you know, it's it's acting, it's not real. But I think because it's like of the nature it was, it was like, oh, oh gosh, okay. Well, that's, mm. that's, yeah, I don't know. So that was, <laughs> that wasn't a nice reaction, to be honest. <laughs> it didn't go the way I wanted the evening to go at the time. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite something. <laughs> now, one thing that I'm interested to ask now is mm. what have you found about comedy and mm. what what have those the your life what have you taken from your work your and your experience in the sex industry into stand up and how do they compare and how are they similar <laughs> and how are they different? Um Yeah, so I suppose like I said, there was a drive to do, you know, to do porn or to do these things to kind of be like you know uh show that women can do these things and i suppose there's that there's that um drive that like you know there's so much ideas oh women aren't funny women can't be funny and uh oh you know and um and especially you know or, or women are only funny if they're self-deprecating or you know like this so i think um there's, and I, it is changing, but it does, I think, it, you know, the comedy industry is still pretty male dominated. And um, so, I, and, and like the, like kind of the sex industry as well, in a way of, in terms of like the power, the power structures within it, you know, um, the producers, the promoters, um, who's, who's deciding, you know, like, who's like the big, the big name, I mean, obviously big names in porn are women, but, um, where the power lies, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's the thrill. There's there's a, you know there's a similar thrill. There's a buzz. You know, you go on stage, you feel the adrenaline, you get the, you get attention. You know, you've got the attention from the audience. Obviously, this time the performance is is like of being funny. 
you know, but it's still, you're still somehow bearing yourself or certainly with the type of comedy that I tend to uh, do is like quite autobiographical. Um, so, you know, there's still an element of like showing yourself, showing up as yourself and, and, and giving, you know, giving a part of yourself away or, or, or um, I mean, I think what really, uh, what I'm really interested in with my comedy is, yeah, is trying to be really authentic and trying to speak authentically about my experiences and, um, you know, and, and have a, an element of vulnerability um, on stage and also, you know, laugh about it and create space to laugh about these things and, and create a space to share these things which for most people are they have no you know they have no experience of at all they might watch porn they might have you might have experience with an escort or something like that but for a lot of people probably it's it's um it's a whole other world so um you know taking my experience in that industry and now talking about it very candidly and openly um whilst you know also laughing at myself and some of the ideas that i did have back then and uh yeah you know I think creates, you know, creates a space for people to be able to think. I think back then my drive was to like, you know, was to kind of do it and talk about it and show that it's not always what people think. And I think that's the same with comedy, you know, it's to kind of show people that maybe, maybe there's a different way of looking at things. Um, yeah, so I think that's kind of the drive is quite similar. It's just doing it in a different way, in a different format. I think I'm, I think I'm done taking my clothes off for uh, for money these days. I'm just gonna keep my clothes on and, and <laughs> talk about it instead. And you know, I mean, it's 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 changing of comedy. I mean, it's there's so many more different types of characters coming into it, different backgrounds, and it's it's increasing, increasing, increasing. And I think it's it's only a good thing. And I think maybe 10, 20 years down the line, the disparity may not even be noticeable between men yeah. and women. Let's hope. Let's hope that men, women, you know, non-binary people of color, you know, let's hope that like all that anyone from any walk of life, gender, sexuality has a has a space and a voice within the comedy world. Because I think I think that, you know, by sharing our stories and by by bringing our unique ways of expressing ourselves and humor to other people, you know, actually we see that it's like our, our differences that unite us, like we, we're all, but we can all share in this, in, in the laughter, we can all share in saying like, okay, it's a different experience, but it's funny. And, you know, I think comedy can be so uniting and, uh, and, and such a wonderful way of, of sharing and expressing our unique selves. And at that same time, bringing people together and in sharing of that. So, um, yeah, mm. I, I hope so. I think so. It's moving definitely moving in the right direction isn't it so so yeah. effectively you want comedy to be like a long like when you go in a london tube <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah sure i mean <laughs> but that's what i you know in some ways i'm trying to do with mother's comedy ball the night i run you know like uh what i i i'm i'm trying uh, as much as possible to have really diverse and representative lineups and people that have come to the you know we've only done i think we've done four or five so far but have have said wow it's a really diverse lineup i'm like well yes thank you thank you for noticing because that is part of my my curation of it as much as possible is to yeah is to have at least at least equal men and women to have lgbtq representation to have 
um, representation of people of colour, if possible, to have representation of people with disabilities, neurodiversities, as much as obviously I can meet the people or they apply and invite them, you know, sometimes it's like, well, you have the pool that you're you're available to and uh, you choose from them, of course. But uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, I'm, I'm open. I really want to uh, do as much as possible, champion all different voices that come, that are, that are in people wanting to do comedy. So, yeah. Hmm. And well, <clears throat> so with, with comedy, mm. how would you just, what were your, what were your preconceptions before you went into it? And what are your preconceptions of it now? <laughs> <laughs> um, what are my preconceptions of it? Um, I mean, I suppose I feel like the last couple of years, what also inspired me to do it was that I was like, oh, I was seeing, you know, what you see on TV, you're seeing many more female comedians on TV, you're seeing like much, you know, and I, I suppose that gave me another like inspiration to do it again, you know, to kind of be like, oh, yeah. You know, um, and uh, yeah, so I suppose, I suppose I did have a, you know, there was this preconception that it was still quite male dominated. Um, um, yeah, and yeah, and preconceptions now, I mean, but yeah, I guess I didn't really know much about how the industry worked um, at all, to be honest. And then I, I did do a course with Soho Theatre. Um, and yeah, I suppose that helped me have a, you know, a, much, a kind of a better understanding of how it was going to work. Like, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess, I guess, yeah, like understanding, um, yeah, like what, what it is you actually, what it is that you actually have to do, you know, like, okay, you're just as much as possible, you're gigging, you're gigging, you're gigging, you're doing, you know, you're just, and, 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 and actually, and how, um, and how important that is, like, even though I think like I was comfortable on stage from the beginning, of course, I was nervous and blah, 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 but that actually I see so much, you know, the more stage time you have and the more that you're doing regular stage time is so important for, I think, you know, for, for having that authenticity, for being relaxed enough to be yourself on stage. And I think that's, yeah. um, I didn't, I didn't know that as like, you know, the craft of the comedy is becoming more and more interesting to me. And, and I'm understanding that more and more when you look at the really, you know, the top comedians is like how effortless it is for them. And yet you also know that actually it's very, very particular, you know, well-crafted what they're doing and yet how it comes across so effortlessly, seemingly effortlessly. So um, I think that's maybe, a, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that the, in the, the depth of the craft of comedy, you know, and, 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 and the importance of stage time regularly and often you know to really improve yourself it's not just about writing good jokes it's about um yeah that 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 somehow authenticity on stage i think and how do you do you feel that your past experiences allow you to be more open on stage than perhaps you would have been had you not done them 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think I'm naturally quite an open person, which has obviously led me into doing the things that I've done. And yeah, you know, uh, people say, oh, it must be very scary standing on stage doing that. But yeah, I suppose because I've put myself in quite challenging or kind of, you know, unknown places in the past. Um, yeah, it, it, it felt like just another one of those things to do. So it, so definitely, I think it helps with with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, obviously, it's still, you know, you, you, if you if you have a if you have a bad gig, or you have a gig where people aren't a bit quiet, or, or still, um, yeah, obviously, you still you still feel that. But um, I think it yeah I think maybe it allowed me to have a little bit more confidence just to get up and give it a go you know just to try it and see what happened and what, how would you compare the characters of comedians of like the the circuit and how people are yeah to those in the sex industry um I reckon you get more oddballs in the comedy scene, actually. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it depends if you, I mean, obviously, if you mean like the clients I had, that's maybe different, but they're not working in the section. If you mean like people working in the sex industry and people working or as you know or in the comedy you know people that want to be com okay. com wait a um, second oh, wait. Uh, i don't know yeah. what happened but i got cramp in my leg <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to move a bit. i don't know what happened there <laughs> that just got you that got you that last uh, comment wait. oh bless I you i don't know what happened there Sorry. <laughs> you know, I like to make people laugh until they cramp. It's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, yeah, just, just go. <laughs> so, clients a bit odd and covered, but how, yeah. how are comedians odder than the people we came across? That is brilliant. <laughs> I don't know, like I said, like a lot of people that work in the sex industry are really quite normal people, you know, like they're not, they're just, it, it, it's just like a part of them that they do and it's a, and it's a job, you know, and, and, um, you don't, you wouldn't necessarily be able to pick them out walking down the street or anything like that, you know. <laughs> It, 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 it's just it's just a part like a something that they have for many different reasons gone into and they probably have that side of their life and then they 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 go about you know their business and obviously you get some extreme characters but even then it's because i think because it's quite a sort of closed off taboo thing you know that it's like something that goes on in certain areas and only in that areas but actually they're their general day-to-day -day life they, they they're seemingly very quite normal normal inverted commas people whatever that whatever that means but you know i think in the comedy scene you know you get you get some proper sort of characters like coming up and you know doing and because maybe in comedy that you know you're you're seeing much more like people are kind of maybe being exaggerated versions of themselves or something you know like um or 
Yeah, I don't know what draws people to do comedy. It's a good question, isn't it? Like, why do why do we want to do it? I mean, it's uh, it's um, yeah, I guess for all different reasons. But uh, I think I think you get far more like a like many di more diversity maybe of people doing comedy. Maybe again, I can't say that for definite, but yeah. Do yeah. do not mention any names or anything like. It could allude into any names, but like, what have been some madcap things that you've been like, what the hell is this? And what have been instances in your interaction with comedians that have made you go, what? Oh, I don't know. There's just some funny characters, isn't there? Around? I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I suppose it's difficult to sort of, um, yeah, to pinpoint, you know, but you just, I mean, I, it, what's interesting, I think, about comedy is that um, you meeting comedians and sort of, you know, people not on stage is that actually, I think a lot of comedians and even myself sometimes, like I have a lot of confidence to go and perform something or if I know what the setup is, you know, like, so even like this, I know what we're doing. Like I'm here, you're asking me questions, I'm answering. Or if I'm on stage, I'm there to do my job. Or if I'm an escort, I'm there to do my job. In in, in a sort of a social situation where I don't know what the structure is or something, like who, who are we? Who are the roles here? I can be quite awkward and shy. And I think what's funny is that quite a lot of comedians in a social situation can be quite awkward and, and, and you know, and, and um, and and, yeah. and 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 you wouldn't necessarily expect that from seeing someone on stage the off stage could be quite shy can be you know no one would ever necessarily think that i would be shy but actually in a lot of social situations i am quite shy and I'm a bit awkward and i don't really unless i, li I like to know what the, what the roles are you know if i can know that okay this is my role that's what i'm doing then yeah. i feel quite comfortable but um trying to work it out for myself. I, 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 I don't always feel comfortable doing it, you know? Um, yeah, that is an interesting thing. I've noticed that with um, comics, we're, we're a lot more socially, what's the word for it? Yeah, anxious than yeah. perhaps I've seen. Well, from what I've seen, you don't yeah. know what goes in people's heads, no, no, then no. musicians and perhaps yeah. actors. They're yeah. more socially relaxed than yeah easy but with comics they're a lot more yeah 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 yes i i think that's true i think that's true so um yeah what that what that what that means i don't know but uh yeah i'm sure there's i'm sure there's a lot about the psychology of comedy and you know why people do it and stuff which is fascinating um you know i can only speak on my own um behalf but certainly i feel yeah, there's this thing about if I know where my role is, that somehow it gives me a place to be authentic and to be myself, you know, and I think that's what I like about comedy is it allows me a space where I can share and be myself and, and that I know that that's a, that's a space to do it, you know, or something and it can be, I think, in some ways, quite cathartic, uh, you know, um, whereas, you know, in in day-to-day -day life maybe i don't always feel like i can be that person because of you know social um interaction and and you know 
like I said, I, I'm small talk. Oh gosh. Oh no, can't do that. Oh, I, you know, I find that very weird, you know, like chatting with your neighbor or something is like, oh, uh, for me, you know, <laughs> but to go on stage and talk about loads of sex. Fine. <laughs> you know, so it's, weird, uh. isn't it? you know, so that's me, I think, but yeah, obviously there's many different kinds of people drawn to it for different reasons, I suppose. You, do you know of Kobe Bryant? Oh, rings a bell. Yeah. He's, yeah. He was a basketball player, like really successful. Oh, yes. in, yeah. From like 2000 odd to 2015. And he yeah. said when he went on the basketball court, he was like Maximus Decimus Radius and Gladiator when he's picking right. up the sand, like he's yeah. getting into his element. Yeah. And he says, when you're in, don't talk to me, don't this, this is my element. Mm. And does, do you feel like comedians are a bit like that? when they see comedy as their sort of zone mm. where they get to unleash everything yeah probably you know it's a it's a, it's a space isn't it it's, a, it's literally a platform it's a stage it's a space to express whatever you want to express it's your you no one you haven't got a script have you no one's telling you what to write you're you're in charge and it's your it's your chance to to be whoever you want to be in the world actually um and um yeah so i think it's yeah it's like that zone it's like right let's let's be let's be this person that we want to be maybe or that we you know it it, it gives a, a space and a, and a platform for that so yeah this is a question that may go past what we've just said now mm -hmm. but one of the things that i've come to sort of thought think of with certain situation this may sound silly i don't know how it's going to come across this question <laughs> but i'll say it anyway um one of the things is in regards to people is one thing i find quite interesting is what part of it do you say when someone behaves odd or strange or a bit rude or whatever mm -hmm. do you allow for it being that person because of their the way they are and yeah. what element of it is like come on i have some self-respect get lost yeah how yeah. do you think that sort of I yeah, think... it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I think I'm quite, I think I'm quite disabled to be intuitive and discerning in that there's a, there's a difference between someone being sort of socially awkward and not maybe understanding the, the general social etiquette that which we may all generally subscribe to. And then someone who's just being a bit of an arsehole, you know? Um, so I think that like generally, um, or, or people being, you know, rude through ignorance, again, is something a bit different, you know? Someone that's like saying things that aren't exactly, you know, um, as we would like to hear them, um, or as we would wish to be spoken to, but not through malice, but through ignorance, again, is something a little bit different. So I think if it comes from a space of ignorance, I think there's a there's a chance to 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 speak, um, you know, to speak and try and enlighten someone about why what they've said isn't um, isn't quite appropriate in the in the circumstances and i think that's actually an important thing to do when you feel like you know perhaps someone's just being ignorant to who you are or or, or how you how we feel you want to be treated or if it's because someone okay you kind of get a feeling that okay they're just who they are and they're not doing it on purpose at all they're just you know they're just 
you know, them and it's in it's like uh, more of a neurodiversity or it's a, yeah, it's without any bad intention or ignorance, then, you know, we have to, we have to accept, you know, there's, we, we, we can't, someone just being their natural selves, we, we certainly are, even by being our natural selves, we're going to probably um, rub some people up the wrong way, you know, not everyone's going to like who you are at any times. If I feel that someone is being sort of intentionally rude, I think then, you know, I think then it, it, it it's important to either draw a line, call them out on it, or just remove yourself from the situation, you know. Um, hmm. I think it just depends, yeah. Because I think that's one thing I've, I've found in comedy, mm. in that, that that's that's the mindset I've got to have. Because mm. I look at some actions, I'd be like, what are you doing? But then I look at the person who's doing it mm. and why they may be doing it, and then I sort of calm down a bit. Mm. Mm. But I've also had to look at the other side as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, each situation is unique, isn't it? And I think it's important not to blanket um people or you know or even or you know we sometimes we're just having a bad day aren't we <laughs> you know sometimes you don't know what you don't never you never know what's happened just before you meet someone and i think that's important you know i think so often we can take social interactions where someone feels a bit off to take it personally that it's about you and often it's about something that happened before you got there and someone's just still processing that and all of a sudden you're coming into there into their sort of sphere and uh, and you're getting maybe the you know the kind of aftermath of something that's just happened just before so it's uh i think it's important to also recognize you know um you just don't know what's going on behind behind the lens of uh, of somebody so obviously if you meet someone and every time you meet them they're just a bit bloody awful then uh, you can probably safely say okay maybe that's someone that i want to avoid but yeah. uh you know uh yeah you never know what's just happened do you in someone's day i think one of the things that I, that, that there's one thing i think we could do is this as people and individuals one thing that does irritate me a bit is that we keep on we don't accept that people change mm. so if someone's done something before we don't what's it called maybe they've learned from it you know mm. they people hold on to a lot of grudges which is mm. i think sometimes there's things that you obviously can't forgive and you've got to, you, you've got to stand your ground on but mm. i think in a lot of situations we hold on to a lot of grudges over things that are that can be forgiven and we mm -hmm. need to move on from it but mm -hmm. there's people are so fixed up on people's past mm -hmm. like just because that person was that person before does it mean they're that person now yeah for sure no i completely agree with that and you know and i think um i think that's incredibly important that actually we're always changing we're always evolving and it can be very difficult even for friends that aren't even holding grudges you know i mean for me um you know like in my 20s i, I was very passionate i was very very outgoing very you know like uh, headstrong and blah, 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 you know and doing all this stuff and uh, i had a little and, and at the end of my 20s i I started to kind of, I guess I started to be depressed, but I couldn't admit that I was depressed because I would, I was like, but I've created my life. I've not done anything. And I did spiral into an area of like depression and had kind of an emotional breakdown, which was actually really amazing because it, it allowed me to, you know, it's almost like the formula for my life stopped working. Like everything that I thought to be what made me happy and what I cared about, what I was passionate about kind of just fell away. 
and it and and it was quite you know in that moment catastrophic but it allowed me to seek something new seek a deeper meaning to my life find something else uh, a deeper yeah a deeper kind of sense of existence and that was what took me onto a spiritual path you know and i and i kind of took myself off i left my life in berlin and i took myself off to india and spent you know like seven months very cliche you know finding myself um but in a very in a very real way you know finding who i was now like if that if that wasn't working who am i what does this life mean anymore and you know and i'd been very kind of anti-spiritual in many ways you know like live fast die young or not you know kind of live your life to the full and not but you know believing you just live once and, and it's very much about now and now and doing stuff doing stuff you know, and uh, it's that will stop working. So what did my life mean anymore? And certainly for me, finding this spiritual, um, spiritual meaning has uh, profoundly improved and um, brought such a much more deeper sense of contentedness with my life. And I actually, Amira is actually my spiritual name. It's not my birth name. And uh, when I came back from India, you know, I'd kind of, I, I went completely teetotal. As I said, I'd been a bit of a party girl. So I was definitely, you know, so I, I was very teetotal. I all of a sudden, you know, was sort of very natural and spiritual and had a new name. And, you know, for, for my, a lot of my friends, a lot of them that had been childhood friends, I was still very close with in, in, up into my late 20s, found it very challenging to accept um, this change, you know, in me. It's like, oh, what? But you're not, you know, my birth name's Amy. Oh, you're not Amy anymore. You're not doing this stuff anymore. Because I was a bit more calm, I think, as well. And I wasn't always very, very talkative anymore. You know, I think sometimes think like I am a talkative person, but I'm also a very quiet person, you know, and it's like a lot of them found it very hard to, yeah. And, and it took them a, quite a long time to even call me Mira because they're like, you know, you're not Mira, you're Amy. I'm like, yeah, but surely I decide who I am or I'm, I'm, the, I probably should have the most knowledge about who I am. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it doesn't even have to be grudges, but people can, um, hold you in in one way and um and find it difficult if you want to change or you move away from that um so um yeah that's something definitely that i've experienced and then you know and, and and then becoming a mother and now now it's almost like i think with the comedy it's like i'm sort of integrating integrating all parts together again because i went very much in the spiritual world away from sort of creativity away from performance and it was quite important to do that inner journey then becoming a mom has added another layer and now it's almost like the comedy is a chance to like re become that you know do that performance again share my life again in the way that i was before quite sharing in these different formats um but in a more integrated sense you know taking on board all the spiritual stuff that's still really important for me and very necessary for me you know to have my spiritual practice um yeah but also recognizing my creative side and my love of performance and my love of of kind of yeah sharing as well so yeah I think um, I think that everyone has the right to change and for us to hopefully <laughs> be open to that uh, at any time, really. Yeah. Hmm. One of the, yeah, but you, you would, you, I mean, it's, it's fun though, isn't it? Going through all these stages and yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 
yeah exactly you know um i think one of, <laughs> i think one of my biggest things growing up that would be like the worst thing to be was normal you know like i think for me it's always been about like i don't want to be normal i don't want to be normal i want to be extraordinary i want to be you know unusual or you know like i think that's always been something that i for some reason have been drawn to so so having all these different experiences is like um I suppose it's part, yeah, it's like, uh, it's not so much a conscious thing either, but you know, it, it yeah, it's, it's a drive to like, to, um, to experience life, I suppose, and, 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 um, and not be scared of, of trying things out and being curious about things. Um, hmm. So for, yeah, exactly. So you don't want to, everyone likes a pepperoni pizza. You don't want to be a regular favorite pepperoni pizza you want to be a meat feast pizza that's different and wild <laughs> maybe maybe although i do like a pepperoni pizza i do have to say yeah yeah but uh, yeah exactly i mean i think it's i think it's interesting with comedy as well because like you know because of the material that i've mainly been working on is talking about you know the sex and i talk a bit about being a single mum and stuff as well and you know different parts but um you know sometimes you when you get a gig and, and you feel like oh people haven't quite received you it's been a bit shocking or and then you and then you know i have had this feeling like oh maybe i should just try and tone it down a bit maybe i should do more relatable stuff you know because it's like i'm not really going upstage being like oh we all know we all know what that's like you know <laughs> like it's that's not but that's not really my 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 life mm. you know actually it's more it's more so um so i think sometimes there is a feat i have had that feeling of oh, maybe i should try try to be more relatable or something and then maybe my audience is a bit more wide and yet and yet actually it just i don't think that it, yeah it, it, that's just not who i am and it's and to actually just own who i am and be authentic and i in who i am you know okay yeah you, not everyone's gonna like you you're not gonna be the next michael mcintyre but that's fine you know and actually what I do get is people um, being being really inspired and empowered by watching me, you know, because I am just being myself as much as possible, you know, and so it's uh, it's interesting sometimes, you know, like to to see that actually I think people that are themselves, um, even if even if it can be something that you don't necessarily agree with, it's like. It's still it's still um, inspiring, and I mean, I love I love seeing that. You know, I just love love seeing all different people just being themselves. That's what inspires me. So that's what I'm trying to do anyway. <laughs> yeah, and we 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 find people who are like that more interesting. Who you mm -hmm. know, like when you feel uncomfortable with certain things, and then someone's just out there being them. We yeah. find those people more interesting, fascinating. Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I did a gig last night and uh, a guy came up to me afterwards and um, said, oh, it was so nice to see you up there just being you and it makes me want to just not be held back, you know, by the stuff that holds me back. It once makes me think, yeah, I can, I can be me and I can do more in, you know, I can kind of push myself past these boundaries that I've had, you know, and I was like, oh, that's lovely. That's really nice. If like, you know, if it's like making people by just sharing my story can, 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 you know, 
<laughs> it sounds all a bit cliche, but you know, if it, if it is also inspiring, that's lovely. That's really beautiful. And it, cause it, yeah. And then it inspires me to be honest and to be myself and not, and not feel pressured to be more relatable or tone it down or something, you know, when, when you get that sort of response, um, as opposed to, you know, when people just kind of look a bit awkward and don't laugh. <laughs> so, yeah. No, it's, but I mean, the rewards are bigger. Because yeah. Of that. Yeah. I I know what you mean with guys trying to do relatable stuff and all that stuff. You know, I, I tried doing that on like TikTok and tried doing that like in comedy, but right. when I try and do it on social media, I feel like I'm killing my soul yeah. when I'm trying to be like everyone else. Or if it just doesn't work for me as well. It just doesn't work. Yeah. I think, I think some people just are relatable, you know, like Michael McIntyre, you know, like, that is just him and he does it really well and it's generally you know most people whether you like him or not you're still gonna say yes what he talks about is like relatable he can tap into that kind of um you know that kind of general general feeling of a population or something like that and it's a, and it's a and it's its own talent and that but that is him isn't it you know it's like that's probably not that's his natural kind of way of navigating the world you know so um but that yeah and so that's probably how he how he how he kind of um yeah how he does it but when we're trying to be someone we're not um it's 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 it doesn't work it's it's sniffed out isn't it somehow it's kind of people can sense it on a sort of intuitive gut level it's like okay that's he's trying to be something that he's seen or she's trying to be someone else that she's seen um or, or or because she's been told something or you know mm. yeah so. i don't know i cringe in myself if whenever i've tried doing that i yeah, feel definitely. like i feel like something's killing me on the inside when i try and be something that i'm not yeah 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 now it's been a lot of fun and i really, really thanks for coming on we've had a lovely chat we have we have yeah it's been really nice thank you so much now the things that I want to ask you now are like, um, what has comedy given you, yeah. and what advice can you give to people out there? Like, to live, what advice would you like to give? Like, what's the biggest lesson you've learned in life? Yeah. And how do people find out about you? Lovely. Okay. So, what was the first one? What's my biggest lesson from comedy? What has comedy given you? What's comedy given me? Oh God, comedy has given me so much. I actually feel a bit emotional about it. I think, you know, I was, you know, I was really just being a single mum. And like I said, I'd shut off from myself creatively for a number of years. And, oh, it's just, yeah, given me such a, a, a renewed passion for, for sharing my sharing my story for for sharing with other people for hearing other people's story and for creativity as well you know for i love i love the writing i love the craft of it you know and um and for just being yeah a renewed a renewed vigor for just being myself and owning it you know i think like motherhood and like going through the emotional breakdown and the spiritual side was all kind of a big kind of transformational time we're always transforming but you know and i think it's nice to kind of come to a point where it's like okay now i'm now i feel able to like have some distance and uh yeah and um and go out there again and 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 
put myself out into the public world and just to share and to meet other people again. So that's, that's felt lovely. And, uh, you know, just to get a night off being mummy as well is, is, all, is always nice, even though I always miss him like crazy and I talk about him all the time. But yeah, it's allowed me to kind of have a have a sense of identity again, you know, outside of like just um, being a mum, which I think is, um, it's really important um, and a sense of purpose outside of just motherhood. So I think that's that's lovely. Um, and what was the other question you said? The... What is the biggest lesson you've learned in life that you'd like to pass on to other people? Oh, biggest lesson I've learned in life. Um, be yourself, you know, like be 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 honest, be be authentic. Um, I think that it's we're so um, it's like almost we're, we're, we're just taught against that, even at school, you know, I think there's like, um, yeah, that there's so much um, pressure to fit in and to kind of uh, conform and to, um, you know, not, not share how we feel if we are feeling, like, you know, not... <laughs> not in the general assumed way of feeling things. And so, you know, it's a lesson that I'm I'm still learning and uh, trying to um, manifest in my life is, yeah, just being, being honest, being open and uh, yeah, being whoever you are in that moment. Like, I don't think there's any definite self that we can say that any of us are, like, like we've been talking about, you know, we're, we're, we're consistently evolving and changing. So just showing up as whoever you feel in that moment, I think allows everyone to, to, to show up as themselves in that moment as well, you know? And then that way we're having much more honest, authentic exchanges. And, mm. uh, and that's really beautiful. I think that's the most beautiful way that we, we as human beings can interact and communicate with each other is just, having these open and honest dialogues and conversations and um yeah that is probably a big thing with a big problem with a lot of us like we there's there's too much like there's a lot of tribalism like mm. oh you're on that side i hate you i don't want to hear what you have to say you're a cunt you're this you're that instead of like maybe okay how about i'd be interesting mm. to see what why they think that maybe mm. i might learn something i may not like what i hear mm. i might learn something mm. Mm. yeah exactly exactly yeah i think that's i think yeah and i think that's why comedy is such a lovely thing because you know you do get to hear so many different viewpoints and you know and because comedy there is a license to be you know quite on the edge politically you've got comedians from you know the broad spectrum of politics you've got comedians saying all sorts of different things and you know and um and yeah and I think, yeah, there's, it's okay, you know, joke, making fun of something, you know, there's a license therefore to kind of bring, bring more contentious issues and to laugh about it, you know, um, and obviously some comedians you're going to like, some you won't, but, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a space for different voices somehow within the sphere of comedy. So I think that's, that's something that makes it really special. Hmm. And one last question. Yeah. For anyone that's listening and on the podcast and they're like, I love Mira, I want to find out about her, yes. how do they get in contact? 
Ah, uh, yes. So I am on, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram at Mira Comedian. So it's M E E R A Comedian. Um, so yeah, you get all the information on there. And also my night is Mother's Comedy Ball. So uh, that's on um, Facebook and Instagram and all of that as well. So if you're interested in coming down to one of those nights, or you're a comedian that would like to, you know, would like to come along as well, get in contact. But yeah, at Mira Comedian is uh, where, where I do my posting and lots of things like that so yeah thank you well it's been an absolute pleasure for everyone listening in make sure you follow mira make sure you subscribe um share this episode with your friends if you saw great value and of course give us a view on itunes to amazon if you have a bad thing to say don't tell anyone <laughs> but no it's been a pleasure guys i'll see you guys in the next episode mira take care